Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Do you know the Bible is God's holy word? Do you know it is inspired, inerrant, and infallible? If so, like, share, subscribe, and support this podcast. For we are Maranatha Ministries, and our redemption draweth nigh. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Maranatha Ministries. We are your host, Jose and Matthew. Got a very special session for you today. And most people, whenever I've pointed this out in the classroom, it really took them by surprise. And I love to do this in between studies. Because normally speaking, when I'm doing the classroom uh, format, uh, everybody knows way up ahead of time what's the next study. But I can take things like this that are literally jewels. I mean, this is literally a diamond in God's word. It really is. And let me ask you, Jose, okay, we have, you know, all this consternation about when the rapture is, right? Right. And the thing about it is that if you die first or if you meet the Lord in the air, guess what? That's the same time. Right, right, right. Okay, that's the same time. So it is key critical for you to be able to search out all of the scriptures pertaining to the anastasis anatomy. That's what the Greek states. Most people like to say your resurrection body. Well, the Greek says anastasis, that is uh, G386. And how many times, you know, have you and I both heard different people talk about this? They always they always argue about the resurrection. When is it? You know, how it plays out. Why is there a first resurrection? Why is that? Right. Why doesn't everybody, why doesn't Lottie Dottie, everybody just get resurrected at the same time? So be honest with me. Did you know there was an Anastasis psalm until today? No, I did not, Matthew. My, uh, my, Reading of the Septuagint is severely lacking. Um, obviously, I've read this this um, chapter in Hebrew, right, in the Hebrew um, version, um, obviously the English translation, but from the Hebrew. And when I read it today, right, because you, you sent me the chapter we're going to review, and so I started reading it immediately. I opened up my Bible app. My Bible app, though, is in um, is in is in Hebrew. It's from the the Hebrew translation, right? So you start reading it, and I go, okay, I know Matthew said it's about the resurrection. So I'm reading everything in that context, and I can see, okay, now yeah, I can see why it's talking about that. But when you look over into the Greek, and it comes right off and tells you what this whole chapter is about. So it, again, it's it's like like we like I I said it's like the the Hebrew is very um, prophetic. Right. And so you read that. And so you're thinking prophetically and you can pick up on it. But boy, when you get into the Greek, it's very detail oriented, very, very specific. And, and it comes right out and tells you. So, yeah, it, it, it behooves us anytime we're reading a chapter to just just flip it over to the Septuagint and just give it a read and see if so, anything else pops out at you. Uh, it, it will. It, it will. Uh, sometimes it'll surprise you. That's right. Sometimes it will definitely surprise you. But before we go any further, we better start out in prayer. So would you like to Amen. start out or would you like me to start out? Sure. I, I can start us out today, Matthew. All right. Jose. 
Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for allowing us this space and time to gather together. Thank you for allowing us to research this chapter that it's very important, very detrimental for the Ecclesia. Lord, I ask that you open our hearts, that you open our minds, that you allow your word to enter into that, into the those spaces and, and allow your word to fill those spaces, Father. Please show us what you would have us learn. Please help us share the important aspects of this chapter with your body. And Lord, once again, we ask that you allow us to complete your work on this earth and you allow us to gather more lost sheep to your fold. And we ask all this in the name of your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen and amen, Jose. So, lots of good stuff here to learn. And um, you need to know this, ladies and gentlemen. Um, there's been serious updates to Blue Letter Bible. I'm looking at it right now. I'm looking at it using the Chrome browser. If you just go there and you put into the verse or words, G386, and punch it in. Used to, they didn't have this function. Now they do. Go down to the results, and it'll say, view the New Testament results in the Texas Receptus Greek Concordance. Now, luckily enough, they, that's just their wording. No, that's the Adito Regia. You can also view the Old Testament results in the Septuagint, what they call the LXX. That is that is alphanumerics for 70. So just switch it over there and it smacks you right in the face. Now, back when I started this ministry, you couldn't do this with Blue Letter Bible, but they've had massive advances since then. And uh, it's pretty interesting to look at because here we're going to read it uh, from the New American Standard Bible, uh, Psalm 66, verse 1. For the choir director, a song, a psalm, shout joyfully to God all the earth. Now, this could be done anytime, right? I mean, we should do this, you know, especially the morning of the Sabbath, right, Jose? Right, we amen. Have, amen. We should do this. Right. So, it takes you by surprise whenever you, especially whenever you begin to learn these things. And I said this the other day, I had some messages sent my way, so I'm going to repeat it one more time. The Masoretic text was not delivered to us to 700 A.D. 700 A.D. At about the same time that the Muslims seized control of the Temple Mount. And just about the same time that Fibonacci inserted Arabic numerals into the equation. That's where we got the Masoretic text. The Septuagint is from the time of Alexander. It's from 300 B.C. So take note, the Septuagint is 1,000 years older than the Masoretic text. This makes it, <laughs> it makes it so wonderful to look at when you realize that it's really a binary language. When you put the two and two together, Jose had it quite right. He knows that God stole the vows out of the Hebrew. So when you look at the Hebrew, you better be on your game. But if you know what to look for, and you read that just in, in the Hebrew, you're like, I know what he's talking about. But you're never going to get that hint unless you look at the Septuagint, because it comes right out in the very first verse and tells you. It tells you what it's talking about. So that's pretty exciting. So, Jose, give me your opening comments. What What do you think about, you know, these these verses? What's Before today, what did you think this message was about in this particular psalm? Again, Matthew, it's just, you know, you think the songs are just about songs of praise. You know, it's just um, poetry. It's just, um, you know, uh, a way to extol God's greatness. I mean, right off the bat, when you start with Psalm 1, I mean, it just it just hits you off the bat. And, you know, these are powerful words about what, what God can do, um, what's possible through God's power. Um but of course, as we've been going through these psalms, we've learned that that the psalms are highly, highly prophetic. Um, and if we read them with that with that in mind, uh, boy, we have a lot to learn. Um, again, Matthew, it's when you don't read it with the context of the resurrection, 
you could you could go any number of ways for for what this is talking about you know where is this talking about um um biblically speaking right my my eyes are drawn immediately where it's talking about silver being refined okay i mean we've seen that over and over in the bible and so we kind of have an idea of what that's talking about but the key 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 thing is when is that happen when is this silver being refined when are we going to be changed you know when is this going to going to going to happen and of course, we know from the New Testament when we're talking about this changing process, that is anastasis, right? It should be in this in this psalm. It should be here. Um, yes. but it doesn't come out and tell you in the Hebrew. And then, but, you know, again, when you, when you read it in the Greek, I mean, it's just, boy, it just changes the whole tone of the chapter. You, you know, you, 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 it, right away, it just places the time and also the context of what God's saying here. Uh, and so that that's pretty amazing. Well, uh, Jose, you know what you're saying, don't you? You're you're beating around the bush. <laughs> that's really what you're doing, and I really do appreciate that. I really do. I really do appreciate it. And I have the wherewithal to understand that what you're really saying is is that you have to have ears that can hear. Yeah. Once you have ears that can hear you know what it's talking about. Right. But right. before then, it's just a generic message. Yes. It's just really obscure data you're looking at because you don't know what this is for. And when you don't know what this is for, you just kind of read it and you kind of accept it and you just, you don't even digest it, do you? Right. Okay. Let's not mince words here. Most people know right off the top of their head what Psalm 23 is, right? Right. Yep. Yay, though I walk through the valley, this shit, right? Everybody knows yep. it, right? Yes. Everybody knows what John 3.16 is about, right? Right. And because you don't have eyes that can see, and because you don't have ears that can hear about Psalm 66, you have no idea why it's important. So it's obscure. It just becomes right. obscure. It's just, it's just generic data that doesn't pertain to you, does it? Right. But once you know why this was written, <laughs> once you know the whole purpose it facilitates, then, then, wow, the scales are blown way off your eyes. Then you realize, okay, this is important. This technical data is targeted from the Lord my God way before Jesus even got here. This should be confusing. Let me state this plainly. Jose, what do you think a rabbinical scholar was thinking? You know, let's say I used this date the other day, 33 BC. Amen? Amen. You're a rabbi reading this because you are reading the Septuagint, right? Yes. Yes, you are. Yes, yes, you are. In the Roman world, that's been Hellenicized. You are most certainly reading the Septuagint. That's what you're reading. And you read this and you're like, wait a minute. Are you saying that it's instances like this is to reason why there were Sadducees? Because the Sadducees, remember, they preached there was no resurrection. Where did that idea come from? Right. Ladies and gentlemen, if you need a hint, you ain't got a clue. You don't have a clue. And with that, you should get very excited about what Psalm 66 has to say, even though before today, you had no idea of its importance. But it's important enough that it will make you sit back. It'll make you straighten up in your seat. You won't be falling asleep in class when you're going through Psalm 66 today. You won't have trouble staying awake. Because you were supposed to know this way before now, way before now. And if you don't know these things, the only way I can put this, you don't know what's to come. And if you don't know what's to come, you're in danger. You know, it's about like, very important post I just made for the Maranatha members on Patreon. 
two verses in the Bible tied at the hip. If you don't know it, you're going to tr try to prepare yourself for your flight. When Jesus comes right out and tells you, there's only one thing you're taking with you to the wilderness, and by God, it ain't a bug out bag. And if you think something else, you better set up in your seat, you better get a pen or a pencil, and you better get something to write with. Because you were supposed to know this when you were a child, because that's when I learned it. So it would behoove you <laughs> to do what I said with the least blue letter Bible, I'll say it again real slow. It is G386. It's anastasis. You can see the tab on the browser. View the results in the LXX. That's alphanumerics for 70. Click on that and it'll show you the three times G386 is in the Old Testament. And it would behoove you to look at those instances. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. So with that in mind, I'm not even going to ask Jose this time I'm reading. Amen. <laughs> no, I know, I know Jose pulled a fast one on me the last two or three because he's read like three or four times in a row. That ain't even right. So uh we're gonna be reading this. What do you think, uh Jose? You want you think we should do the Thompson or the Brenton? I've got the Thompsons up right here, Matthew. Then then, then we will read from the Thompson. Okay. Um here we go, ladies and gentlemen, from the Thompson translation of the Septuagint. By the way, just so you know, why is this such a very important translation? Because when it was published with the New Testament, it was published with the Adidal Regia. You can get your hands on that. That is actually the copy you're looking for. Really, what the Ecclesia needs is this to be done and updated in modern English. But anyway, uh, you might want to look that up in your personal time. So right from the beginning... Uh, we're going to cover the first stanza, which is the first four verses, and then we shall allow Jose to let fly on his commentary. Verse number one, for the conclusion. <laughs> I can't even get past this. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, please look at that word in the Septuagint. If you didn't know that this was about the end time, you're so far behind. I, I know you've probably got your maximum legal a limit of 10,000 bullets. And I know you've got, you know, cases and cases and cases of beans. And I know you've got every single ounce you can possibly convert into gold. You've done that. But if you didn't realize that this psalm right here, it starts out with G5056, you're way behind the curve. And, and, and I just cannot stress you enough that if you're that far behind the curve, I know you've been lost in the entertainment industry. Let me try to get through these first four verses. Uh, it excites me so much, God's word. For the conclusion and ode of a psalm on the resurrection, shout for God in the triumph strains all ye lands sing harmoniously to his name ascribe glory to his praise say to god how awful are thy works for the greatness of thy power let thine enemies submit to thee let all the earth worship thee with music vocal and instrumental let them sing to thee let them sing harmoniously to thy name jose let fly so obviously matthew you you hit off on that for the conclusion um it doesn't make any any sense unless you're thinking that this is for the end this is for the end times right um 
what it just it just just that word there for the conclusion why would you do a song that you start off like that or a psalm or or you know a, a poem in that manner okay, god's doing it because he's telling us the timing of when this is going to take place and again there's your resurrection g386 anastasis right um Again, in the Greek, God's get, telling us exactly what this whole chapter is about. Um, the other key thing that sticks out to me, Matthew, is the, the triumphant strains. Um, and, you know, and I haven't looked at this word in the Greek, but just thinking about the English word, a strain, you know, you're, you're thinking about um, a variation. You're thinking about uh, um, a specific type. Right. Like you, you would say, like a strain of this type of fruit or a strain of, um, you know, uh, this item. It's just it's a way to differentiate from something else. So a triumphant strain to me is telling me, OK, these are this specific type. This specific thing is something that's uh, that's um, overcome something. Right. So mm -hmm. I, I'll, I'll look in the Greek right now as soon as I get through my diatribe. But. Um, just the, right off the bat, that's immediately what, what, what the, the connotation you get in the English, at least. Um, the other thing that sticks out to me, Matthew, and when it says that, let thine enemies submit to thee. Um, yeah, we know God's all powerful. Yeah, we know, um, you know, there's nothing that can't stand up to him, Matthew, but <clears throat> there's got to be something that sets him apart from the other gods, right? In quotation mark, right? Something that shows that he's uh, better than the hymn, that he is the, the, the chief, right? The chief among all, okay? And so because, right, the Greek tells us this is about the resurrection, this is telling us why, why God's a top dog, okay? Because no other God is going to be able to resurrect you when you die, right? That That's, that's his kind achievement through his son right i mean right he's they've defeated death okay you can die and you're still he can still bring you back that's what that's what the resurrection is all that's why you have your hope in god okay it's because he's given you a promise and yeah you might you might die you might not reach that that the end there the conclusion okay but he still he still has a plan for you and he still has a way for you to participate in his promise and and that that's what i get there from those first four four verses matthew you know what immediately stands out to me is this is a placement in time he already right. told you that. yep ladies and gentlemen <laughs> you're gonna be able to sing this dance because you know exactly what his works are. If you don't realize that by the force of this matter, how would you be able to, to uh, know the greatness of his power? Why would this include all of the earth? Let me, you know, I appreciate verse three and, and it's wording. Um, and the Britons agrees with the Thompson translation about awful. If you read this in either translation, it says the same thing. Say to God, how awful are thy works. Ladies and gentlemen, he's telling you, up. how can I put this lightly? You should know from your New Testament studies, you should have come to grips and accepted 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. If you would have believed it when you read it, you would have been realized exactly what's being referenced here. The great day of the Lord starts the tribulation. Yep. And you're going to go through the tribulation. Look, I'm sorry if you've been deceived. But I'm here to tell you, God is going to throttle you. Now, you can take the highway and you can take the low way. But those who have been taken to a place prepared and lottie dottie, everybody occupying the deep darkness, by God, they will know the awful works of the Lord thy God. Yes, yes, they will. 
There is no arguing with scripture. It says it from the beginning to the end. The great day of the Lord starts the tribulation. He reorganizes the earth itself. Jeremiah plainly states that the earth goes tohu bohu. And if you don't realize that's exactly what he's talking about here, <laughs> you're way behind the curve. Because right now you don't have this information in hand. You know what? Let's put Jose to the test, shall we? Jose, tell me, what? Awful work of God have you seen with your own eyes? Nothing compared to what scriptures tells us, Matthew. No. Nope. I mean, you may have seen like hell fall out of the sky, right? Right. Mm-hmm. How many times does a normal person see hell in their life? You know, maybe. No. Let's say you're born and raised in Florida. How many times do you see hell in your life? Right? Right, right. Ladies and gentlemen, that don't count. <laughs> okay? If you've been to Niagara Falls, I assure you, that's not one of God's awful works. That's his regular routine. If you saw the sun come up this morning, that's nothing. He can seize it in the sky with his mighty hand and pull it back to the west. Yes. Yes, he can. So, when you read these first four verses, if you don't have the wherewithal to understand that, well, 99% of the people alive on this planet right now, they've never seen the miraculous, have they, Jose? No, Matthew. Nope. So, this should get your attention that in order for these first four verses to be fulfilled, by God, you're going to know what he's talking about. He's going to do something to rattle your cage because he is the creator. And the only reason why you're alive is he haven't kicked you off his footstool. So this has got everything. When this event happens, when the great day of the Lord happens, the birds are going to know it. Okay. The little mice in the field's going to know it. Every serpent, every scorpion's going to know what the awful works of the Lord is. Because he's going to rearrange your cosmology. Oh, yes, he is. <laughs> I mean, Jose, when's the last time you went outside at night and looked up and you just saw Orion and you thought to yourself, you know, it, it, it made you feel safe, right? <laughs> you looked up and right there was Orion where right. it's always been, right? Yep. Uh-huh. Well, I'm going to warn you, okay? Because I love you, Jose. There's coming a day you're going to look up and it ain't going to be where it's supposed to be. Right. And then you're going to know that the Lord, he is God. And he does exactly everything he wants. Right. <laughs> okay? Just so everybody knows. All right. Any other comments you got for that stanza, Jose? Nope, nope. Just just like you said, Matthew, it says they're all the earth. So this is not, you know, this is not like just going to happen in one location on the earth. This is this is going to be made visible to everyone. All of creation. This is a global event. Yeah, yes. yes, it is. And ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> no, I, I, I better continue. I can't get too deep. Uh, in this, we just don't have time. What I've already put what time? Oh my goodness, it's already half over. Um, verse five come and see the works of God, He is awful in councils touching the sons of men. He it is who turned the sea into dry land that they might march on foot through the flood. Let us rejoice in Him who ruleth by His everlasting power. His eyes look down on the nation. Let not the rebellious exalt themselves. Jose? Again, Matthew, that word awful, right? Um, I'm, I'm looking at it here. It's uh, G5398. It's the, the same word that, that we saw in that the previous set of verses. Um, for, for Barros, right? Kind of like where you get Phobos from. Again, that fearful, that frightening, that that awful, the awful is a good word here. Um, mm -hmm. 
<laughs> yeah, the, the, I, I don't know if I if I like that word in in the English, at least with modern connotations, right? Because you know, you think, well, how could you call God awful? But when you say frightful, when you say fearful, that's a more understanding term. You know what what He's going to do, and and you're going to have that fear of God put in you. I mean, we've heard that phrase plenty of times, Matthew. So when He starts doing these things. There's going to be, again, there's going to be no atheist in, in this foxhole, Matthew. Uh, they're going to understand that there is a God and that they're going to, they're going to fear him, right? Um, the other thing is, is here where it says it turns the sea into dry land. Now, we know this is talking about the Exodus event. We know this is talking about, you know, when they crossed the Jordan. But I think this is also telling us, Matthew, that he's going to do this again. You know, he's going to rearrange rearrange the seas and 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 you know what we're used to seeing uh, on the earth it's going to be changed so that's uh those are my first two points in that in there matthew well um we've talked about this before haven't we yes Uh, ladies and gentlemen we've talked about this the the psalms comes right out and states that he puts the oceans, the waters back in the storehouses. Yep. Have, have we not talked about this? I yes, think we, have. I thought we talked about this the very uh, last show, didn't we? Or maybe it was the show before that. Yeah, yeah, we've talked about it a couple times. Yep, it's come up. Yep. Um, but uh, oh, oh, this is another one of those you need to write it down on a piece of paper and stick it in your pocket. I just. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Now, people in the military like to get Sharpies and write things on the back of their hands. Uh, because especially if, if it involved getting their pay docked. Okay, they, they make sure they didn't forget. You need right. to do that. I don't care what you've been taught. This is what the Lord God of hosts tells you. Psalms 33 verse 7, you better memorize it. He gathers the waters of the sea together as a heap. He lays up the deeps in storehouses. That is the exact opposite of what he did in Noah's flood. Amen, Jose? Amen. So now it's pro- I probably tripped the wire in a lot of God-fearing, Bible-believing, gospel-preaching Christian psyche. Because now they're starting to sit up. They're like, what, what did God just say? I mean... What did God really just say? He it is who turned the sea into dry land. It's exactly what Psalm 33 verse 7 said. I don't care if you believe it or not. I don't care what you say. That they might march on foot through a flood. Let us rejoice in him. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not going to give you commentary. I don't care if you think this is about the exodus or not. This is what the psalm starts with. For the conclusion, an ode of a psalm on the resurrection. Jose, you can say whatever you want to. This ain't happened yet. And when it does, it should give a lot of people a hint. I've stated this. I've stated this. I've stated this. I don't care what you've been taught by dispensationalists. I don't care what you've been taught by the entertainment industry. This is real. This is what's really going to happen. The birth pains are going to force you to flee. You're going to flee into a wilderness. That is like fleeing into the Sahara Desert. Then it states very specifically, this triggers a war in heaven And from there, the serpent tries to assault you. And from there, you're given the wings of an eagle inside the Sahara Desert. 
and the angels carry you to an oasis in that wilderness. Jose, riddle me this. How much do you know about the Challenger Deep at the bottom of the Marinera Trench? Do you got a map of that? Not not handy, but I mean, you know, I, I, I've seen some things on it about the depth of it. Yeah, that's it's pretty it's the deepest spot on the earth, right? So where would be the perfect place to hide a place prepared? Right. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry if you didn't know that you were supposed to know this psalm way before you ever read Revelation. But if you don't realize that after the great day of the Lord, you could literally walk to what you perceive to be the promised land, you're just a little bit undereducated. It means you've never been edified. Because I know what happened to me when I went to Sunday school, Jose. I know what happened to me. <laughs> I got educated. And thank the Lord my God for all my Sunday school teachers, for, for my youth group leaders, for my pastor. I acquired salvation through those people. Amen. So I don't know what happened to everybody else. I mean, I don't know if they just give out, you know, coloring pages or what. But ladies and gentlemen, we're, we're, we're not even halfway through this psalm. And if you don't realize that you're supposed to know what's going on and you don't, I'm, uh, I'm worried for you. Just like I'm worried if you don't know that what Jesus said is the only thing you can take with you in your flight. And it's not a bug out bag. I, I don't know what to tell you. I do know you need to set up. You need to start believing God's word. And I know that's hard to do. Jose, it was hard for you to swallow this today, right? Amen, Matthew. Yep. I mean, you you know your game, don't you? Right. I mean, basically, when it comes to what is to come, you're you pretty well know what's going on. And yet today you got thrown. Amen. A curveball. That's not bad, though. Right, Jose? No, Matthew. That, that I mean, that that's why I love reading the Bible, because every time I read it, God throws me curveballs. I mean, that that's part of the beauty of it, you know? Um, yeah, like you said, to know that there's a whole chapter in the Psalms based on the resurrection, that's pretty important information, Matthew, you know, and for and for, you know, us not to realize it's there. That's that's a uh, yeah, that's not good. <laughs> it's troubling. And yes, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, just so you know, I, I hope you realize what he's stating about the six seal event here in verse seven. And this is exactly what they're going to do. The rebellious are going to exalt themselves. Yes, they are. And the great day of the Lord, this is literally true. His physical eyes will look down on the nations. Yet, ladies and gentlemen, there's no such thing as a cowardly partial parousia of Christ. But when your father, who art in heaven, comes here for a look-see and gazes down your gullet, by God, then you'll know. Then you'll believe him. And I hope you believe Psalm 66 way before he gets here, because he is coming. Verse 8, bless our God ye nations, and cause the sound of his praise to be heard. He it is who hath kept my soul alive and hath not given my feet to the briny deep. For thou, God, didst prove us. Thou hast tried us as silver is tried. Amen. Thou didst bring us into the net. Thou didst lay affliction on our back. You better figure this out. If you've rejected Christ's own words in Matthew 24, 
Oh my goodness. I'm going to say this one more time. There is no such thing as a cowardly partial perusia of Christ. That's a lie. And you're the only one that believes it. But I'm going to tell you this true. You are going to go through the birth pains, whether you like it or not. And you will be tried as silver. I don't care what you've been taught. Jose? Well, right off the bat, Matthew, where it says, keep my soul alive, right? I I, I don't need you to tell me what that's about. Okay? (laughs) Where does it come from? Where do you understand that you even are Trinitarian? That's 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Write it on the back of your hand. Write it on your forehead. Do something, ladies and gentlemen. You better believe it because after the day of the Lord, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 tells you this. God himself will get you to the perusia of Christ. He will sustain your soma psyche pneuma. What's that? Your body, mind, and spirit in that order. Sorry, Jose. No, that's that's exactly my point, Matthew. Right now, we're only being told about the psyche. That That's what it is here in the Greek. So something's happened to the body of this, you know, whoever's whoever stayed making this statement right here. Um, when you die, what happens to your body? Right. It's buried. It starts. It starts this uh, practice of corruption. Mm-hmm. But that soul is still alive. That soul is still being kept somewhere. That soul is still waiting for that anastasis to take place. And so, um, again, this is part of that, that, that trying that where that silver is being tried. Um, yeah, this is just, this is just such detail, Matthew, about the resurrection and then the net. I mean, we, we discussed the net in Habakkuk. Um, We're we're reminded of the net uh, in the gospels where it talks about, you know, the 153 fish in the sea. Um, yeah, this is this is uh again like you're saying, Matthew. This is kind of pointing us to that to that fifth seal, that fifth seal event where you're hearing the martyrs talk about crying out to God. Um, so, lots of lots of good information here in this stanza, Matthew. And the next one even has more information. You're supposed to get a hint, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, How much time I got left? Oh my goodness, I don't have any time. The next verses are about those at the first resurrection. And you're supposed to know this, okay? You're supposed to know that they are going to be resurrected and they will rule and reign with with, with Christ. So, we just need to read it or I'm not going to get through it. Verse 12. And just take note. They are going to be beheaded. Yeah, yes, they are. I don't care what dispensationalists have taught you. Thou didst mount men over our heads. We have passed through fire and water, but thou hast brought us to a place of rest. I will go to thy house with old burnt offerings. To thee I will perform my vows, which my lips have enjoined, and which my mouth spake in my affliction. To thee I will offer whole burnt offerings full of marrow, with frankincense and rams. To thee I will sacrifice bullocks and goats. Jose? Let let me just read it, Matthew. When the Lamb broke the fifth seal, I saw underneath the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and because of the testimony which they maintained. And they cried out with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, will you refrain from judging and avenging our blood on those who dwell on the earth? I mean, that's exactly what this is saying, Matthew. What, What... where is God's house? Where is his holy temple, right? Where is his altar? Where are those martyrs? 
those those martyrs are are under the altar in heaven. They're basically at God's feet, crying out to Him, saying, "You know, how long, O oh Lord? How long until you you avenge us? How long until how long do we have to wait here?" Um, and He says, "Until the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who are to be killed is completed." That's what God tells them, Matthew. So yeah, this you know, this is all summed up the fifth seal in these in these three verses here, or what three or four verses here. So um, again, if you're not reading it in the right frame of mind, you're just you're just thinking, okay, this is back in the time of of, of Solomon, or or and and they're just you know when the temple's built and and they're bringing sacrifice to the Lord, they're trying you know they're just doing the daily sacrifices and they're just going about regular business. But that's not what this is talking about, Matthew. Again, this is for the resurrection, for the conclusion. That's what God says at the start of this psalm. So that's where our mindset needs to be when we read this. Right. And and it helps if you have Zechariah chapter 14, verse 16 in your back pocket. Okay, because this is going to be the enforcers of this. Now, I, I don't know what you've been told. But Revelation chapter 20 tells you that this group is going to be the enforcers of this. And it shall come to pass that all who are left of the nations which come up to Jerusalem shall come up every year to worship the Lord Almighty and to celebrate the festival of tabernacles. Now, I don't care what you've been taught. The very group singing this song, by God, you're going to dance to their tune. Oh, yes, you will. And you will for a thousand years. Wow, eight minutes left. Okay, <laughs> let's see if I can get through this. I'm so sorry, ladies and gentlemen. I just have a hard time keeping my muzzle on when it comes to God's Word. Verse 16. Come hearken, all ye who fear God, and I will tell you what he hath done for my soul. To him I uttered a cry with my mouth, and with my tongue repeated this aloud. If I have regretted iniquity in my heart, let not the Lord hearken. For this cause God hearkened to me, he attended to the sound of my prayer. Blessed be God who hath not rejected my prayer, nor turned away his mercy from me. Now, just take note. You all might want to know what the Lord your God states about this incident, because he keeps mentioning this flood here, so I'm going to let you know. There's coming a time... He won't listen to your prayer, so you better know which time he's talking about. Therefore, let everyone who is godly pray to you in a time when you may be found. Surely in a flood of great waters, they will not reach him. Does, does, did that last phrase stump you? Yeah, this is saying that, ladies and gentlemen, it just said there's a time when God's not going to listen to you. They won't even reach him. So you, <laughs> Jose, your comments, please. I'll well, take so another hour if I keep going. Basically, what, what you're describing there, Matthew, is the sixth seal, right? That's exactly mm -hmm. what this last stanza is setting up. Um, yes. he, he's saying, blessed be God who has not rejected my prayer, right? So now God's answering it. Now he's stood up off the throne. And he's come down to kick everything off, to, to trigger that tribulation, right? So that's the only reason your prayers aren't going to reach him, because he's not sitting on this throne anymore. He's come down here to, to rescue that, the 144,000, but also to kick, kick the whole shebang off, to, to knock us off our rocker and, and, and get everything set up so his son can come back. So that's, that's exactly... That's what you need to be seeing when you're reading that, that those last few verses there in Matthew in, in, in Psalm 66, because that's exactly what God's telling us here. Um, that's right. Yeah, it, it's the start of the sixth seal. So, amazing. Well, I mean, in reference to him getting up, let's read it one more time. Eventually, people will believe it. Daniel chapter 7, verse 9, I kept looking until thrones were set up in the Ancient of Days, took his seat. <laughs> why did this psalm why did this psalm warn you now look the rebellious 
You better not exalt yourself. Okay, what happens after he sits down, Jose? In verse 11, this really is when the Antichrist is going to take root. I'm not lying right. to you. I'll, right. I'll, read it, I'll read it right from Daniel. Then I kept looking because of the sound of the boastful words which the horn was speaking. The reign of the Antichrist is between the great day of the Lord and the perusia of Christ. It's in between there. If you don't believe me, just keep listening. I kept looking until the beast was slain and his body was destroyed and given to the burning fire. As for the rest of the beast, their dominion was taken away, but an extension of life was granted them for an appointed period of time. Uh, that appointed period of time is, guess what? 1,260 days. What happens next? I kept looking in night vision to behold with the clouds of heaven. One like a son of man was coming, and he came up to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him. This is Christ's coronation. Amen. Yes. Yes, it is. Don't lie to yourself. I mean, if you're hearing a doctrine from any other mouth, that's a doctrine of a demon. This event happens in Revelation chapter 11, verse 15. Yes, it does. Don't lie. And this is when it and this is what happens when he is presented before the ancient of days. And to him was given dominion, glory, and a kingdom. It don't happen before then. No, it don't. No, it don't. I mean, if you think this murderous society that aborts babies by the millions is the kingdom of heaven, you're, you might want to seek counseling. So this in every way, shape, and form, if you're reading Psalm 66 and you have all this other information, this puts it, it it's succinct. It, it, wow. It's systematic, isn't it, Jose? What other word can I use for it? Yes. It's literally yes. systematic. It's it's just amazing, Matthew. Um, if you just believe what God tells you and you continue reading the Bible, he's going to show you over and over that he, he's repeated himself constantly. He doesn't just say it in, in one chapter in the New Testament. You know, he, he tells you all over the Bible what he's going to do. And he again, we're reading here about this the fifth seal and the sixth seal just right here. And, and and those other verses you quoted, he's telling us about those two events. And most people think the only info you're gonna get on that is in Revelation chapter six. When when that that's just not true, Matthew. It, it, it's if you believe the, the what he tells you in Revelation chapter six about the fifth seal and the sixth seal, he's gonna show you where he talks about it in the rest of his word. We just got to believe it. Amen. Because let's go back to when you learn how to read, Jose. So could you have ever learned how to read if you didn't believe that, that what the teacher was telling you about the ABCs was true? Nope. Because if you don't believe an A is an A or an N is an N, or a D is a D, you can never learn how to pronounce and. Right. You, you can't do it. You have to believe it before your eyes can see what it's saying. Amen. Amen. And you learn how to pronounce it because once you believe it, your ears can hear what your teacher's saying, right? Right. Are not these things common knowledge? But ladies and gentlemen, take note. Here in verse 6, if you'd been entertained instead of edified, you'd have never been able to pull out those two uh, verses from other Psalms. If you didn't know Psalm 32 and Psalm 33 was directly tied with Psalm 66 verse 6, you would have been confused. So, when you read chapter 32, verse 6, and you rejected it, it would have just flown into obscurity. And the very next chapter, when you read the very next chapter, Psalm 33, verse 7, it would have done the same thing. It would have just went down the same drain into oblivion. 
So by the time you got to Psalm 66, you'd have been completely clueless. You would have had no idea. You would have thought this is a complete waste of time, right, Jose? You would right. have thought um, this isn't even God's word. There's no message for me here. Right? Right. Which is a plague amongst the church right now. I mean, is it not true? This is common knowledge that there's a vast number of churches that only teach through John. They just go through John every year. Yeah. Yeah. They don't, they don't reach out into it's, it's just, I mean, what I've seen Matthew is, is they've got their, their, their lessons right laid out. This mm -hmm. is the subject recovering. These are the verses that talk about that subject. And I just see those lessons coming up over and over but I mean, all you got to do is just open the Bible and just start reading and you can, you can preach about anything that's in there and it'll take you all over the Bible. I mean, it's, it's really is the simplest thing, Matthew, you know, we could have picked any other chapter and, and it, God would have told us the same thing that we're reading here. I remember when this happened one time at a church where we're going to, um, had a friend of mine and, and he was, you know, quoting about uh, the sermon one time. And I said, I said, you don't understand, do you? I said, what do we always do at Christmas time? He's like, oh, we always do the gospel story. Really? From which, which one? Well, I think it was from John. I said, and you don't, you don't really don't see it. I said, open your bulletin. What was the scripture today? He's, huh, it's a book of John. I said, go out there in your truck. Cause I knew that in the middle, he would keep all the, all the church bulletins. I right. said, go through all of them. Show me one that's not out of the book of John. And then we got in the van and took off, and I left him standing there. I saw him two or three days later. He comes running up to me. Oh, my goodness. We only get teaching from John. I said, yeah, he just goes through John year after year. You never hear anything else. And he was just so shocked. He was just shocked. Now, right. I'm going to tell you another big secret. Was it a year or a year and a half, maybe two years after that, the church closed down because he took all the cash and retired. He'd reached a million dollars in donations. And because, <laughs> uh, because it was a Calvary chapel, it was actually his business. And he just took all the funds out of the bank accounts, all that tithe money. He took it and retired. I can take you to his house that he purchased. You get my point, right? Amen. Yep, I do, Matthew. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is a good place to start. If you read Psalm 32 and you didn't believe it, you have no clue what's to come. If you were reading Exodus chapter 20 and you don't believe it, you might as well be reading the funny papers because God's not going to show you anything. He won't show you anything. Nor should he. But I'm here to tell you, and Jose is here to tell you, on day one of the 1,260 days, you'll be whistling Dixie to God's tune. Oh, yes, you will. You'll believe it then. Won't they, Jose? Yep, absolutely. So, with that in mind, who started out in prayer? Did I pray or did you pray? I, th I started us off today, Matthew. You started us off? Okay. Yep. I will finish us out. I'm pretty upset that I don't have another 60 minutes because, I, I mean, really, I'm just getting started. Um, there's so much here in this text. I mean, so we only mentioned like one or two Greek words, right? We didn't even mention any right. Hebrew words. Nope. Just, all, not, all the Greek, yeah. There's, there's just not time. All right, let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, whom we serve through your Son and our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, thank you so much for this time that you gave to Jose and I to share with your children. They are precious to us. Dear Lord, please fill them with your Holy Spirit so that 
they can get prepared for your visitation. I know that there's so many out there that's involved in this militant grace. I know that there's so many out there that's have been christened as Calvinistic crusaders. I pray that you send your Holy Spirit to them and I am pushed to remind you, my Father, that mercy rejoices over judgment. Please, dear Lord, prepare us for what is to come according to your promise. In Christ's name I pray, amen. Amen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Till next time, God bless, Godspeed. Thank you for listening to Maranatha Ministries with Matthew Miller. I appreciate you tuning in. For more information, stop by and visit us at patreon.com backslash Matthew Miller. Or you can correspond to us via snail mail by writing to P.O. Box 024, Reader, North Dakota, 58649. Now, if you're a God-fearing, Bible-believing, gospel-preaching Christian, please repeat after me. I pledge allegiance to the Bible, God's holy word. I will make it a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Its words will I hide in my heart that I might not sin against God.